Well, welcome everybody to the E6 podcast. This is a brand new podcast. First time we've ever done this here at Colonial Church. We are excited. Uh, my name is Brooke James. I'm one of the pastors. We also have a couple of other pastors with us here. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm Tanner, uh, worship pastor here at Colonial. Glad to be sitting down, being a part of this podcast and excited about, you know, all that it might bring for our community, our church, people listening in. Me too. Uh, Lauren Jones here, uh, another one of the pastors here at Colonial Church. And uh, I love that, at least initially, the three of us are going to be hosting Brooke, Lauren, and Tanner. We've got our fair share of BLT meetings over the last couple of years and doing a lot of planning and leading here at Colonial. And so I think this is going to be a fun new endeavor. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, that's right. So we've been talking about this for months yeah now uh we've we've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it and then we finally decided okay new year new you let's uh let's let's kick this off let's e6 podcast it. we're excited about so lauren tell us um as we are diving into this new thing in a brand new year there's we have we have a pandemic that's going on we have people scattered all over the place um why do this now and what what's what's the point why are we doing this now yeah great question um it is certainly not because we think we're all that. I think that goes without <laughs> saying, but I want to say that up front. I, I don't mind admitting that pastors who have, you know, like me, if I had a www.laurenjones.com, like I would like to think y'all would make a lot of fun of me. Um, we would, I'm or sure. frankly, <laughs> to be real, even church signs that I drive by that have a church name and right underneath that, you know, Dr. So-and-so senior pastor, uh, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I guess I'm probably coming off judgmental. I'm just like, man, there's so much, there's so much hubris in the world that on one hand, I have, I have not wanted to do this ever because I think to myself, who wants to hear more of us, right? Mm. Who, who are we to think we have something to say? Right, right. And yet all at the same time, you know what, this is our calling. Our calling is to speak truth, to wrestle out loud with our people about what matters. And so I think especially uh, in the midst of the pandemic and being scattered like we are, I think this is an exciting opportunity to, to just add a little bit of conversation. That, that's probably my biggest excitement. Guys, doing this with y'all and anybody else that we bring on is, is an opportunity to have discussion, to have conversation, and not just the lectures we're used to on Sunday morning from the stage. Uh, but but an open-ended discussion about hard topics. Yeah. I want to talk about hot potato topics that we don't often talk about at church. I sure. want to dig a little deeper uh, into into the previous Sunday's teachings, and maybe there's some more things we can add or a special guest or two we can bring on that can speak into it. Uh, or maybe it's even some honest disagreement with each other. I hope that anybody who takes the time to listen to this will almost be uh, surprised by the way we can disagree with each other and handle even interpreting scripture differently or having a different, you know, hot take on things and, and modeling for our people that you can disagree, you can have opinions and you can still love Jesus together and be family together. So those are a few things that, that excite me about the podcast. Um, obviously we're only three of our five pastors here on staff or uh, yeah, five pastors we've got. Um, I'm one of right now five elders we have here at the church. And there's going to be other times where we need to bring other elders and pastors and other just different people from our church on to be able to be part of the conversation. Um, I know, I know one thing the three of us have talked about too, is a, is just a great opportunity to bring, you know, a guest pastor from another church in town. Our heart is sure. for the city. Yeah. for the church of the city. And so for us to be able to bring on uh, pastors from churches very different than ours, I think it's going to be a huge blessing to our people and, and certainly to us personally. Uh, and to bring on community leaders or, or people in the schools or in, in municipal leadership. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about all this, what all this could be. And yet at the same time, it's going to probably evolve a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, it's it's interesting to start it off and see what all all that it could be, but at the same time, you know, everybody, bear with us. This is 
This yeah. is literally our first time. So yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to be clunky and we're going to stumble over ourselves and we're going to change things and, and mold our ideas as we go. But I love what you said that we're not all that. It's not that the three of us are in this room because we have the answers, but we're in the room just because the three of us tend to have a pretty good relationship and we do this on a regular basis anyway. So if we can benefit our church in the same kind of way with the same kind of conversations, as we look to things that are going on in the world and ways that we can impact our city and how we can take the, co- the conversation from the weekend and move it beyond just what Lauren said and then we forgot by the time we got yeah. out to our car, um, but that we can, we can really have Wait, that, that conversation. Wait, Wait so, a second. Oh, you're, sorry. You're telling me that I'm, what I'm, I say on stage on a Sunday morning doesn't stick with you past lunch. Is that what you're saying, Brooke? I thought, I thought Pastor Jordan had already talked to you about that, yeah, we, but <laughs> yeah. I guess not. So my bad. No, my bad. I, didn't, I didn't mean to burst your bubble. I can't remember what I said by yeah. the time lunch comes around. I, I can't imagine how easy it is for everybody else to forget. <laughs> no, I, I, I really like, I really like that we're doing this. Um, part of this is like kind of a peek behind the curtain, so to speak, because, you know, we do, we have a, you know, a Monday morning meeting following the weekend. Uh, thinking through coming weekends, things like that. And we actually end up getting this kind of a conversation happening that time. And so this is really, I think, I think the three of us could kind of feel at home doing this together because we've been in a rhythm the last couple of years doing something like this. And so agree. Um, it, agree. If, if any, if anything, it's, it's, um, it's that conversational piece. It's that, um, you know, I, I think from the outside looking in, People could assume that the three of us would have the same opinion on any specific issue, but we know that's not true. Like we know that we know that there, I mean, there are things we agree on. Yeah. Um, But there are things that we are unsure of or that we disagree with or, and so it's kind of exciting to give that kind of an access to our people, to the people who call Colonial Church home. Um, and again, it's not, again, it's not like, you know, <laughs> you're peeking into the mind of most incredible famous people. This is just, we want to offer up conversation and promote conversation within our community. And this is one good tool, I think, that we can utilize and we haven't been able to utilize in the past to to spur that on and to encourage that kind of a conversation. Because I think most issues, most um uh, culture creating conversations that we we try to do facilitate from a stage or uh, from sort some sort of teaching. Most things can be moved forward or um, resolved even in the middle of a conversation. It's like the table, you know, like um, come to the table and and have a conversation. So I'm excited about like I'm the future guy. So like I'm thinking about like you know several episodes later of this podcast and bringing someone in and having a discussion um, and what that could open up for our community. So. Absolutely. I, I also love, I love the friendship we've already formed that I hope comes through in this podcast to just the chemistry we enjoy already. And I love that we represent, this sounds weird to say, but we represent three different generations in a lot of ways. I've got a big five in front of my age. Uh, big barely has a big four five. in front of his. And Tanner's got a, a fat two still. Big old, and big so, old two. Um, we're, I, I, I love <laughs> the idea of bringing different voices together, even even kindred spirits that we are, and, and having some honest conversation about things. Yeah, for sure. So, so thank you for anybody that, uh, the five of you that jump in and listen to this this week that are not. <laughs> oh, our I hope we wives. have five people. That'd be amazing. Not <laughs> counting our wives. That's right. Not counting our wives. Man, if we I can was going to count Shelby, man. People, Come on. I know. I, that's I that's Baptist math, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Brooke's got way too many kids. I got way too many kids. Uh, Tanner's well on his way. So if just our families listen, I'm doing the math. That's 16 plus five. That's 21 people, right? We have 21 people in our three families. That is ridiculously cool. That's a lot of subscriptions for not having even put this on the that's internet. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty right. sweet. So. <laughs> well, all right. So so we have um, so we, we've laid the groundwork here. This is what we're hoping to do. Hopefully you guys will come along with us as we have this conversation. Um, another way that we're doing that right now, Lauren, I'd love for you to speak to this. Um, this past weekend, we showed a video um, that was from Lauren because you're alone by your by your lonesome in the closet at home because you have been experiencing the uh, the quarantine. 
but um, but we're we're launching into 21 days of fasting and prayer, and today is day two. And so for anybody that did not get to see that video or whatever, Lauren, give us a little glimpse of what's the deal with, with 21 days fasting and prayer. Why 21 days? Why are we fasting? Why are we praying? What are we doing as a church? How's that all work? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I am still at home because of this silly COVID thing. I say silly because it's been way more of an inconvenience for my family, thankfully, than an actual health uh traumatic event but yeah i'm my wife and i both will be back in the world as of tomorrow uh talk to the health department we're feeling great and they're letting us do that and my kids will be back in school later this week so we're almost back in the world yes uh 21 days this this first 21 days or so of the month we just started actually uh yesterday sunday the 3rd of january we did that on purpose to start on a sunday together as a church um and you know it's it's not an innovative, crazy, creative idea. It's something that a lot of churches do. I know Colonial has done before. I think there's at least a couple other churches in the city that are fasting and praying right now uh, for similar reasons. It's a long practiced uh, discipline that we read in the scriptures that we we have a lot of history of the church over the last couple thousand years doing together where we are just trying to be deliberate. We're just trying to, to fast, first of all, which is to take something away to deny something, even a good thing, whether it's food or something else we enjoy, but to take that good thing away, which causes us to bring more attention, uh, to think of, to, to dwell on more God and what, what matters most, who matters most. And so it's in some ways, it's just about personal self-denial, personal sacrifice that, that draws us closer to our maker. Uh, we're doing that together as a church. Uh, there's different ways to fast. I won't go into that now, but we can even talk about that a little bit. Uh, we're praying uh, intentionally every day for the first three weeks of the year, just saying, if all of us are doing this, I'm so excited for our church, because if we're just all asking, God, what, what do you see? What do you want us to do? What do you want to change in me? How do you want me to respond to who you are and what you're up to? If we're all doing that, then our whole church is really just centered and focused on him in, in a crazy time uh, and starting a new year together. Uh, and then lastly, we're reading some scripture together every morning uh, or every day, uh, whenever you do that during the day. Day two today uh, was out of First Chronicles, and it just outlined um, just an altar. Uh, I love the idea of an altar being built where a sacrifice was made. And the question posed to us through our devotional uh, that we get through our app was what what are you willing to sacrifice uh, in the new year? What are you willing to put aside um, that will cause a little bit of pain, a little bit of discomfort, a little bit of just drawing your attention back to the one that loves you most? Mm -hmm. And so I have I've enjoyed diving in, and I'm eager to uh, to see what the Lord says to our people in the coming days and, and over the next three weeks. Yeah, that's cool. So if, if any of you are new to fasting, we did put a bunch of stuff in our app. We also have uh, uh, on our website, you can go to colonialchurch.com slash fast to get some more information about that. But yeah, as you said, we're really doing three things. We're fasting, we're praying, and we're reading. So, uh, I, and, and as I read that this morning, I was not fully ready to say, oh, this is what I'm going to put on the altar, on that, yeah. that, that proverbial altar, if you will. Um, to lay down for the for the for the month, so um, I, I still have some some thinking to do and some praying to do to figure out what's what's this really going to look like. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm glad you said that because I think that's normal. I think here's full disclosure: I, I'm one of the pastors here. I'm in theory doing this, you know, more than everybody in theory. I guess somebody thinks that out there, <laughs> but just like everybody else, I'm still trying to figure it out. I read that this morning as well and thought, oh. I haven't really put any thought into what's sacrificial in the new year. And then it led to me and Carrie talking about it today. And, and she's putting some thought into it. And we're going to get together later this evening and just sit down and share with each other from an accountability standpoint. And I love that. I love what it's causing even in my house, in my marriage. And so I have to believe that's true for a ton of people. Yeah, out there. that's good. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Just, um, it, it, it's good to, it's good to remember like that that's normal. Like that's, you know, to read something, to have to put some thought into it later. It's not like an immediate answer, an immediate response. And it's okay 
take a little bit to think through that. Um, and I would even say this, like, um, there's probably several of us that are even thinking about today, day two going, I'm still really not sure what I'm going to be fasting from. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay. It's okay. A day three, day four to go. Okay. I think I've solidified. This is what it's going to be. Um, and it's okay because I love, uh, this isn't to be, you know, uh, literal in, in these 21 days. I mean, we're going to do this together, but just like, just like we say, like, if you haven't jumped in yet, that's okay. You can still jump in days to come. We're probably going to still be saying the same. If you haven't jumped in, it's not too late. Like it's the, the point isn't necessarily 21 full days. The, the, the point really is let's do this together. Let's, let's begin the new year seeking the Lord in this way together. Like it's exciting to think that um, our community is all doing these three things together at the same time, you know? And I love that it's about a, a, a challenge to do this together, as you said, mm-hmm. um, and not a performative thing like, okay, well, I'm not going to eat for 21 straight days and I'm only going to have water and I'm going to post my results as we might do with like a workout plan or something else along those lines. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not about the performance of, of check me out, but that, Hey, we're really just trying to take the first chunk of this year and seek God together and say, what is, what does God say in here? What are we doing as a church? How does this affect my life? And so that's why it's, that's why I think it's really cool. Um, just to be able to kind of work our way into it and right. see where does this where does this go? You know, yep. we don't need to rush. It's it's okay. The yeah. whole point is to take your time. So, absolutely. Yep. So with this weekend, um, we had a first time Pastor Tanner yeah. for the first time got on stage, held a microphone without a an instrument in <laughs> any way, and he got to share his heart. Uh, the what what did you call it? You said the peek behind the curtain of worship yeah. school of yeah. what that looks like. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Just a little bit more of, of what did, what, you know, what, what we, what we heard on the weekend, how does that apply to our lives? Um, and then just, just discuss that. So I, I got to say, Tanner, I thought you did a, an excellent job for your first time ever up there. Next Thanks. time, I'm sure it will be better. I'm just kidding. I yes. thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was really good. You know, you, I, I enjoyed your, your math problem, your, your math problem of, uh, getting us to 5,000. You totally got me. <laughs> I'm a math, I'm a math person and you totally got me. I was like, yeah, 5,000. And then you did it again. I'm like 5,000. And I, I didn't even hear the 4,090 plus 10. And my brain just went, I felt a little manipulated, but yeah. I liked it. Yeah. You know, it's trying to, <laughs> trying to set us up for failure a little bit on that one. Just a little manipulated. <laughs> hey, and, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to get right into the content quite yet. I don't want to go, I don't want to fast forward past this. Uh, yeah, this is a big deal. Uh, in that as a young pastor, I mean, for you to preach, uh, for the first time, I mean, obviously you lead us in so many ways all the time. You lead us in music, you lead us even, uh, speaking before between songs, you lead us in other ways from the stage. You've done some workshops, et cetera. Uh, you've done worship school, obviously with some small groups, but I just, I don't want to, I don't want to miss this. This is a big deal for you to have an extended time of teaching to our church. I think it's the first of many times you're going to do it over the years. I've said this to you privately, uh, Tanner. I don't know that I've ever said it publicly to our people. I don't see you as a guitar player, a piano player, uh, a singer. I see you as a pastor. I see you in Brooke both as influencers, uh, as people who have a voice for what they see the Lord doing in the lives of people. And so um, I know I sound like a dad here, but I'm a proud <laughs> dad. And uh, more That's importantly, right. I am eager to see the Lord develop this gift you have of teaching. And I hope I get to be a small part of helping you develop that gift. Uh, one more reason I'm excited about this podcast and you bring in your heart and your mind to it. So well done, Tanner. Well done Thanks. this past weekend. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, you know, um, I think it's, mo- it's Monday now, so I can say it was fun. It's over. You're good. It's over. I'm done. It seems fun now, not so much in the middle of it. It wasn't, you know, yeah, I think I stressed out, man. Uh, Hopefully that didn't come through, but yeah, no, it was super fun. Thanks for um, just trusting me to to do that. And I mean, you know, I got to talk about worship, you know what I mean? So um, that's one of the natural things I think to talk about for me. So um, it was, it was fun. And I kind of manipulated 
Lauren into it as well because, you know, I think I was like, hey, we're going to do an up experience. We're going to do some extended time of worship, which we've done before. And then I was like, hey, I'm also going to talk for, I think apparently it was like 25 minutes. It was. Um, it was a good old, it was a good old sermon. And so I was like, wow, I did not stop talking. That's, you know, that's right. 25 hey, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I wonder how many colonial people, I've only been here two and a half years, but I wonder how many colonial people, you know, have journeyed with you that know, know you from before three kids, from before being a pastor here, um, and just enjoying watching you grow. I think, I think that's just fun. I just don't want to miss celebrating that. Yeah, it's been cool. Yeah, so for thank sure. you guys. Well, so as we've now stroked your ego and you feel better about yourself, um, let's actually talk about the content. I think this is a really important conversation. Um, obviously, you're going to feel this way because because this is your area, but but it is a really a really big deal because I think um, at least maybe for my generation, um, I don't I can't speak for yours, um, but I think we've we we've grew up thinking, okay, well, this is our time of worship. Like that's the that's the first fifteen minutes of our service, and this is worship music, and that's different than our secular music or yeah. than gospel music or whatever. And we've put all these parameters on things yeah. or or what worship means, and and so we've we've neglected this whole other side of 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 worship, what the actual word means and what that means, like in the Bible, because right. we're not talking about the time that King David got up in front of his church and he led them from the harp with drums and yeah. guitar and yeah. um and the angels sang along, you know. So it's 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 a different it's a different world. So what does uh you know as you as you unpacked for us, but but am I am I hitting that? Like yeah. you, you feel like that is that where you're coming from? Oh yeah, from? no, it's yeah. I, I think I think we've have, we have especially in the church world, uh we have lumped in worship as a Christian term and 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 kind of the, yeah, the like the definition that that um I kind of gave everybody was worship is is the natural expression of what's at the center of our lives. And I so, like that definition by the way. That I think that's succinct picture for me is really helpful, Tanner, the natural expression of what is at the center of our lives. That's really helpful. Yeah. So it's, it can go with, I mean, really anything you think about, like, what is, what is very prominent? Like what promotes you to do the things you do to make the decisions you make? In effect, um, that is what is at the center of your lives. And so if we go off of that, understanding kind of how we live our lives, that in his effect, what we worship. Um, and so you can worship other things. You can um, worship things besides God, you know. And I love that, you know, worship isn't tied to specifically songs that were created for the church. I mean, that is worship. That is part of worship. But there are songs that were not written for the church that totally promote worship. Um, that are, you know, quote, secular music. Um, we, we disregard those things. We disregard like how we treat our neighbors, how we treat, you know, our families, how we, how we devote time to intentionally uh, raising our children as worship. Um, there's so many different facets to worship that we've just compartmentalized that it's, you know, uh, it's whatever allotted time we have on a specific service during a specific service. And that is what we call our worship. But if you'll, if people, one of the things that we have tried to do, and and we're still, you know, maybe not as consistent on it as we would like to be within our team, but we've we've transitioned from calling it, uh, you know, worship time, and we've 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 started calling it just music. This is we're going to go into our music time of our worship service, you know, not hey, we're gonna we're gonna do you know twenty minutes worth of worship at the beginning, because language is so important. Um, and helping unpack and understand that culture. So yeah, I feel I feel myself slipping I, I, often. Yeah. I find myself I say that and I'm like, no, that's not what it is. I'm yes. I'm repeating. I'm like, we no, still okay, use I gotta that, fix that. That church language yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, yet, I even like I, I found myself not really loving calling Sunday morning times for us right now at 10 a.m. at Colonial. I, I don't even like calling them worship services. Right. Like it doesn't really bother me, but at the same time, if my life is about worship, if my if I have 168 hours in a week. And at least when I'm not sleeping, I'm I'm worshiping something. Yeah, it's weird to call it a worship service to me. I, I like calling them, you know, Sunday morning gatherings yeah. or uh, a time when the church gets together. Sure. And obviously, as longtime church people, you just find yourself calling them worship services. Right. You know? 
Yeah, we're just trained into that, you know? Yeah, but that's good. The, the, the center of our lives, it's whatever we're making the center of our lives, the natural expression of what is at the center of our lives. Because what, what was the, the time you put on it that is 0.5% of, yeah, of our week? What we spend, yeah. what we spend on a weekend yeah. is only 0.5% yeah. of the time that we have. And so, you, I mean, that, gosh, like, that dwindles down into our worship, that dwindles down into our discipleship. Like, if we think that that is our church, Man, we are we are to- we're reducing our ability to worship the Lord and to disciple people, be the church. Mm-hmm. We're reducing it down to an incredibly small amount of our time. Right, and I know as we talk about um, with our kids director with Lori Thomas, as we've as we've talked about some of these things in the past, it's like you know our, our kids department has our kids for an hour yeah. a weekend, you know, but we have them for the rest of the time. And so yeah. if you take that, you know, to the rest of, of the week and, and all of the things that we, we have the ability to do and we fill with Netflix and driving and work and right. songs on the radio or whatever, like we just, we, we leave out so much opportunity for us to be worshiping where we're ultimately worshiping something else. Yes. We well, just, we're just not realizing we're making that yes. decision. And on that note, I, 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 we are, we're all worshiping something. I liked how you even pointed that out, Tanner. And it made me think, I don't know how much y'all are familiar with Tim Keller, a uh, longtime pastor out of New York. Uh, I think he's one of the smartest, most challenging pastors I've ever heard. But he, he talks about idols. So this is like a negative way of saying the same thing. He talks about the idols in our life. And this is what he says. He says, an idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of hearts, if I have that, then I'll feel my life has meaning. Then I'll know I have value. Then I'll feel significant and secure. And Keller says, there are many ways to describe that kind of relationship to something, but perhaps the best one is worship. Mm. So that's like the negative way of saying the same thing. It's whatever we just, we really feel like, man, if I got that, that'd be awesome. That my whole life would be great. And that's what we worship, you right. know? Um, and yet the implication is clear is that God alone wants to be at the center. God, God is alone deserves to be at the center. Yeah. Well, um, and, and it goes into, it goes into even like, um, God doesn't want like the, the part of you that is dedicated to, oh, this is my worship time. You know, it's like, no, no, no. I, I want all of your, I, I want to inhabit all of your life. And, um, yeah. one of the, th- one of the, one of the, I think one of the sins of the Western church right now is we have created this idea that you that families can't worship at home because well I'm not picking a guitar up I'm not gonna you know get my family in the living room and and all sing together and it's because we have this incredibly reduced idea of what is worship right. and again I, you know right. I said this on the weekend and I'll say I say it again like music is an incredible tool for worship like it's all throughout scripture and it is worship. But it's just in- incomplete if we think that that is the culmination of worship. There's so much more to worship than that. And we're called to do that in our lives. We're called to worship. Um, and so, yeah. That makes me think even as, as parents, that's a good, like, I don't know how many dads or moms are listening that are thinking, well, I, like you said, I don't play the guitar. I don't sing, period, or whatever. I, I'm not going to do that with my family. How do I lead my family in worship? I think it's as simple as if my kids just know from my actions, from the words out of my mouth, from the priorities of how I spend my money and my time and everything else, if my kids know that God is at the center of my life, they see that expressed in different ways throughout the given week, throughout the given days, uh, they are watching me worship Jesus. They're watching. And I, I think that's how I lead my family in worship. There's obviously the other times that maybe we, gather together and pray, you know, before mm-hmm. a meal, or we, or we spend some time, you know, together watching a church service online for whatever reason, we can't be there or, or, or whatever, but there's, that's just, like you said, that's an incomplete picture of what worship looks like. I think it's Tuesday afternoons and Thursday mornings and Saturday afternoons where we're, we're showing our, our kids what it looks like to make God first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Um, one of the other things that you that you you said was that uh, as you were talking about the Western Church, you said that that we we really only know how to see God, and of course that's that's a super generalization of of the only one. Yeah. But a, a lot of us really only know how to see God in the fireworks, you know. Right. 
in that 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 feeling the emotions mm-hmm. uh, of 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 that moment at the, you know where the the song builds up to this big part and then yeah. everything gets and, and and of course as a as a as a former worship pastor like I totally understand that because yeah. that's like that's the culmination of it all and like everything's really big and it's awesome and ah, you know yes. and and but we only know how to do it in that moment yeah. and so as as you're saying Lauren is it's it's that other parts that incomplete part of of worship that if that's the only time that we ever have love or passion towards God, like we're just being manipulated by the music. Absolutely. Well, and that's, uh, again, like it's not bad. It's not bad to, to, to love those moments to, Oh man. But I've heard so many times, like I'm, I just can't seem like the, the, the weekend or the set or that song just doesn't do it for me anymore. Mm. And I'm like, well, God, God intends for you to grow and he intends for you to discover him in new ways. And so the things that worked for you in the beginning aren't supposed to work for you now. Right. You know, you're, we're supposed to move forward and move on from some of those things. And so I, I remember, uh, I remember a time when I had a worship leader, uh, we were working with her and, um, she had a really bad week and was scheduled to lead our church in music. Um, this, that, that particular weekend. And she came to me and she was like, I, I just, I, I can't get in the right mode. I can't get, I can't, I just, this doesn't feel like, it just doesn't feel right. And I'm like, maybe you're supposed to worship through that. Like maybe our church is supposed to find how, figure out how to worship through those moments. And so it's perfectly normal for people to walk into our, our service and not feel that like I can't think of how many times I've led a song that sings about that we talk about the joy of the Lord and I may not be experiencing incredible joy you know like it's okay to feel maybe that way um but again like what I said on the weekend is we confuse this passion with love like if we're not feeling intensely for God, the emotion is there, the music is building, the dynamic of the song is there, and it's creating, you know, if I'm not crying in this power ballad worship song, then I'm not feeling the presence of God or I'm not actively worshiping. It's just totally false. Like, yes, you can worship him in that way, but again, like, you know, I, 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 I just look out and I see you know, people with their hands raised. And then I see some that are, they have their eyes closed and they're looking down and uh, almost stoic. Like they're not, there's no movement. That doesn't mean either one of them are worshiping more or less than the other. It's just our worship looks differently. Um, And so that's the, that's the part that I really want to help our community lead towards press into more is how can worship become more of this loving God? And I, I love that, like, the more we get to know, the more we get to know God, the more worship will kind of come out because we were created by this, by this being uh, to worship him. And the more we get to know his heart, the more, the more that our worship toward him becomes more of a natural expression. And so it has, it has almost nothing to do with how passionate we are for, for him or how good the music is, or did that chorus or that bridge go up another octave, you know, and, and it's real big and loud, like, you know, those are great. And it's musically, it's pleasing. Um, well, then you but, went into the then you went into the difference between, or or, or you at least pointed out that that you know, uh, as you said, that, that that passion isn't a bad thing. Passion and worship is not a bad thing. It's a great thing, right? Um, but it's it's just an incomplete thing because there's more to it. That there is the spirit and in truth, right? So what's the what's the difference in the spirit and truth? And you broke that down a little bit for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so I gave like this like uh, um, almost like biblical like words for describing spirit and truth. Okay. But like the picture of spirit would be like breath, wind, oil, those kinds of things. Truth would be like rock, foundation, anchor, that kind of stuff. So the spirit really is like this flowing, it's it's emotion, it's this intangible um kind of aspect to worship. And then the truth really is like rooted in like the truth 
can be almost boiled down to like uh, scripture, like truth, truth about who God is, but then also truth about who you are, like where you are, even in your mm. walk. Like I can't worship on, on the level of somebody else. So, you know, it, I can only worship acceptably to the level of which I am being true to myself in the moment, you know? So if I am not feeling incredibly joyful <laughs> because I've experienced something really, really hard um, and I'm singing songs about, about joy, sometimes it is, sometimes it is a call. Like it, it's, it's an, um, an aspirational moment. Like I, I, I'm trying to worship into this joy. But like spirit and truth, these things, these two things together, like 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 again, it, it, spirit really is some of that passion that brings us to truth. It is the beginning, you know, and then the truth is kind of like the home run, you know. Truth right. is the truth is the I know who God is, mm. and because I know who God is, He's revealing to me who I am, and and I can worship. I can worship knowing that, and so that's that's why that's why these two things are are really important. I think that um, to that end, Tanner, I'm, I'm glad you went to John chapter two. I think that's the most helpful passage we can go to with the words of Jesus about where he says true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. Um, and the father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. I think I'm going to speak for a ton of people. I think when I say this, most of us read that and go, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Uh, and I loved that you brought it to the spirit versus the truth, the, um, the spiritual, emotional, beautiful aspect of the spirit, and then the truth grounded in scripture and theology. That's that's the rock. Uh, the one thing I want to not push back on you, I, I think this is more maybe just a, a, a different thought, is I think there are different personality types. Uh, you know, I look around the room on a Sunday morning, for example, and you know, there are people singing and tears are coming down their face yeah. and their hands are raised. Yeah. And, and at least on the outside, it looks like there's this very, very intimate, emotional connection with, with God, the father in that moment. And then there's other people. And, and I hate to throw men under the bus, but your stereotypical man, uh, whether it's pride or it's just, you know, personal preference is just sitting there looking, looking like a bump on a log, not singing, <laughs> maybe even looking bored out of their mind. And yet what I have learned is we're all different and we worship different ways and our hearts are, you know, function differently. But here's what I want to say to the people who think maybe you as a feeler, you've, you've, you've identified yourself. I know privately as a feeler. Oh, absolutely. You're an emotional person. I know I'm wired a lot that way. Uh, I read this quote from A.W. Tozer that I've been thinking about since since putting some thought last night into our conversation today that captures this for me. Because some people go, you know what? I'm not into the touchy-feely stuff. I, I'm not into this intimate connection with God. I want to go live out my faith. I want to serve the needs of the people around me. To me, my Christian faith looks like serving, looks like giving, looks like um, getting my hands dirty. It's not going to some building and raising my hands and singing. Sure. Uh, it's not even just a, a passionate, emotional heart connection with God. I don't have as much of that. I have more this, I want to get after it. Well, a couple thoughts. One is I think I personally, from what I read in the scriptures, I think we can focus on truth and we can totally miss it. We can yeah. be, we can be Pharisees. We can have the scripture mm -hmm. memorized forward mm -hmm. and backward, but we don't have that intimate connection with the father. I don't think we can have an intimate connection with the Father and miss out on truth, miss out on, on getting our hands dirty with living out our faith. And, and this quote, I was looking for this quote when I was wrestling with this. This is A.W. Tozer, who's one of, another one of my favorite authors. Check this out. He says, without doubt, the emphasis in Christian teaching today should be on worship. There is little danger that we shall become merely worshipers and neglect the practical implications of the gospel. No one can long worship God in spirit and in truth before the obligation to holy service becomes too strong to resist. Fellowship with God leads straight to obedience and good works. That is the divine order, and it can never be reversed. Now, granted, I'm not quoting the Bible there. I'm quoting A.W. Tozer. Sure. But I resonate with that. I think if we 
really focus on God being at the center of our lives and expressing that in every way possible and, and really seeking first the kingdom, uh, then everything else comes after that, including the things we're supposed to get off our butts and go do, including the ways we're supposed to serve and give to our neighbors, um, including the way we ground ourselves in, in understanding scripture and studying it, being students of scripture. Uh, that really resonates with me. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you, to talk about like the personality thing, you know, it, it's the same reason why, why someone would look at, you know, an art piece and feel, feel something for it. And somebody else looks at it and goes, I don't see what you're seeing. You know, I don't, it makes no sense to me or I, I could care less about it. Uh, there is this reality of we are, we all are um, created a little bit differently. Like we have these different um, personality types that kind of make up how we're going to be expressive in our worship. I think that the challenge is to discover how, how you are going to be expressive in your worship. And the only way that that happens is by drawing closer to God. And so as, as you learn and you see the heart of God, you begin to fall in love with the person of Jesus. Like the expression, the natural expression is going to come out like what you were created for. So like, gosh, I feel like I'm, it's like in worship school, we talk about um, your born identity and your pastoral identity. You know, your born identity is like, this is the area you were raised in, the family that you were raised in, the things that you did growing up, the things that you were taught, all that stuff. Your pastoral identity is who God said you were from the beginning, before you were even born. It's who you were created to be. And I think that as we, as we pursue the heart of God, as we study scripture, as we process scripture, as we allow the spirit to reveal uh, things to us, um, we are in pursuit of that pastoral identity. And so to worship, to make God the center of your life, you, you can't, I don't, th- I just don't see a way that you can miss out on, you know, the obedience to the call of, of, of a Christian. I think the, the vocation of us as Christians is to discern the heart and the will of God and to do it, you know? Um, and that, that happens when you draw closer to God, you understand him more and you, and you worship and he becomes, again, take back to the, the definition, worship is the natural expression of what's at the center of our lives. If you're worshiping God, you're making him the center of your life, therefore you will naturally express what he has called us and created us to do. Well, I think as you said, we've, we, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a growth pattern almost, that we're, you know, we start in this area of, of passion, and then we have to learn to do more of that. And, um, and, and even, even the, the, your, your A.W. Tozer, A.W. Tozer, uh, quote is it's, 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 uh, placing a lot of emphasis on the and in the middle of the spirit and in truth. It's not, it's not one or the other. It's, it's a both and thing. It's, you know, and so as, as a former worship pastor, as I've said that, you know, for me, I've, I've been in that place where I probably even led from that place where it wasn't necessarily about truth. It was, you know, maybe the songs had that truth written mm-hmm. in it, but my life didn't necessarily have that. It was, it was leading from the passion side. Sure. And, and then to go to, to uh, you know, as I've, as I've developed and as I've grown and I've, I've learned more and I probably even learned more about my, my own personality and who I am rather than uh, necessarily the, the, the truth of scripture, but just to, to, to understand for myself that truth is, is something that I lacked for a long time. And so I think it even, even becomes a pendulum sometimes that it's easy to swing to one side or the other, but yeah. it's finding that balance in the middle of the, of that. And that we don't have. And right. I think it's a, I think it's a communal thing as well. Like, you know, we, we, we say, we, we always joke about you have the feelings and I don't. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and so we can make a great team in that kind of a way where you might draw me farther into the feeling or the emotional yeah. side of the spirit side, and I might bring more of that truth side, but together we can do this, you know? So I think when we try to do this alone, we try to worship alone. Obviously, I'm not saying that you can't, you can't worship by yourself, but that, that 
I think following Christ is a communal thing. That if we're not doing it in community, whether that's your family or um, or your 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 church family or whatever that is, but that it's it's difficult to do those because yeah. I think yeah. we, we tend to be wired one way or the other. Totally. Well, and I think I, think, I agree. I think you miss out. You miss out. Like if if you do this individually, like it's you need to worship on your own. Like you need to worship for yourself. But if you don't worship in a communal in a communal uh, kind of way you miss out on all the blessings of being a part of this community. You again, right. we were created right. for community. And so it just yes. makes it that much better, you know? Yeah. It, it specifically makes me think of, uh, Mary and Martha, you know, when, uh, I think it, it's in the gospel of Luke when, um, you know, Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, just soaking him up and Martha's over there working hard and she gets all put out. Uh, and Jesus just, rebukes Martha and says, man, Mary knows the better way. But all at the same time, we have James's writings, which is saying faith without works is dead. So there's something about that tension we live in that God calls us to put him at the center to, to, he, he woos us to himself. He draws us to himself uh, to have intimate connection with him. It's very personal. It's very real. And all at the same time, he doesn't want us sitting around you know, starry-eyed, doing nothing. He wants us to act on who we worship, act on the things that he cares about. Um, and I love that. Too. I, I even, I'm making this up, but I'm enjoying the picture in my head of the way Mary and Martha as sisters, very different personality types. I'm thinking, Tanner, you're Mary, and Brooke, you're Martha. And <laughs> the way y'all, you know, as a feeler and a non-feeler, I know we're joking. You do Thanks, have Dad. at least two feelings, I think. There's a couple. Maybe one. Brooke. That's fine. But but in all seriousness, in community together, different personality types, we we push each other. Yeah. Um, in that context, Martha's pushing Mary to get off her butt and go go serve the poor and to 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 go to go do the right thing and go be active. And Mary is pushing Martha to go slow down. Don't miss the love that the Father has for us. Don't miss the opportunity to to draw closer to Him personally. I think that's a beautiful biblical concept in the context of community. But I think it's what's difficult about right now in that we have people online and we have people here in the building and we have people that are yeah. unsure about things and, um, yeah. you know, and, and probably even people that are, are, would still consider themselves part of the colonial family, but are not probably doing either one of them because no it's kind of easy. I mean, I think you about know, to that, to that point, And you just said it well, Tanner, um, man, if you're listening and you think you can do it on your own now, um, I think there's plenty of us who don't think we can do it on our own. We've got a pretty good awareness of that. But I think, I think, I think from what I've read and from what I've heard from other pastors and leaders across the, the Western church, certainly in our country, a lot of people have stopped going to church. Um, obviously there's some great reasons for that in the, in the midst of a pandemic, but there's speculation that a, a decent percentage of people won't be coming back, uh, won't be prioritizing, valuing those times to come together. And I can't speak strongly enough. Um, and this is not about our thing. It's not about keeping our thing afloat. This is, this is entirely about my conviction. We were made to worship on our own with our lives. And we were made to worship together corporately. We were made to come together and be reminded of things forgotten again and again, to, to be spurred on, to do, do the things he wants us to do. Uh, to regain perspective we've lost. And so uh, my prayer for our people at Colonial and for the church at large is that we we will not stop meeting together. As the Hebrews author says, don't stop meeting together. you got to keep coming together and spurring each other on toward love and good deeds. Uh, it's vital. I need that. I know our people need that. And so I'm curious what 2021 looks like, what this spring looks like. I'm really curious what next fall and, and beyond looks like when, when in theory, this is all behind us and we see what, what the church looks like uh, with people valuing coming together and, and not just worshiping in spirit and truth on our own, but worshiping in spirit and truth in community. Yeah, that's good. I think it's even a challenge it's a challenge for us as, as staff of the church. Like how do we make sure that we are continuing down a both and a spirit and truth and a communal, yes. a communal path? Like how do we, you know, bring more community into what we do rather than way, maybe ways that we've always done it as we look towards 2021. Yeah. And you talked about this pendulum, you know, 
this swinging between truth and spirit. I think I think part of that is the work of of trying to balance that. You know, not let not not, not letting ourselves get too far one way and kind of keep pulling ourselves back and forth. Um, and even surrounding ourselves with people who encourage us and challenge us um, to stay in the center of that. Um, because it is, it's both, it's both spirit, um, the beautiful things and both true truth, the, no doubt. No the doubt. sure things, the unchanging things. That's good. So, so um, as we wrap up final word, anything you guys want to add, anything we missed? I love this. I don't care if nobody listens. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm excited about digging deeper uh, very intentionally, I'm really excited about having some different guests on with different perspectives. And I, I, I mean, I'm joke. I hope a lot of people are blessed by this, but um, I, we didn't really disagree about anything today. I'm looking forward to when we, we arm wrestle, so to speak, verbally on some things. And so um, thank you guys for being willing to do this. I'm looking forward to seeing how this develops. Yeah, me too. I would just say, I'm just excited. Um, it's, it's not, um, it's not every day that a church um, peels back the layers a little bit and is this raw and real and accessible. And so um, I think 2021 uh, for me, what I hear the Lord saying is accessible, accessibility, you know? And so I think this is another step towards that. It's a good word. Accessibility. I like that. That's good. Well, guys, thank you for uh, making the time. Uh, for all of you listening, thank you for jumping on to our very first version of the E6 podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making it this far if you did. Um, we have a lot of things coming up. It's the beginning of, of spring semester here at the church. Uh, obviously, we're in the middle of 21 days, as we talked about. This is day two. If you haven't jumped on, that's cool. Like, get on there now. Get, download the app and you will have it all right there at your fingertips where we can read and pray together. And we have our groups and studies are kicking off. So make sure you download our app, go on the website, whatever you need, find out what you can do, ways that you can be a part of it. Uh, and we will continue to do this. We'll see what next week looks like and what we want to talk about and, and what happens in the world and what needs to happen. So thanks for tuning in. We will uh, be back next week. Thanks, guys.